Welcome to the Top Business Leaders Podcast. You'll learn how successful people just like you have grown their businesses, expanded their influence, and made money by writing a book. On each episode, you'll learn the inside secrets to help you create a book that can serve as a powerful marketing tool to skyrocket your business. I'm your host, Dan Janelle. I help thought leaders, business executives, and entrepreneurs write their books. To find out more and to download our show notes, go to topbusinessleaders.com. Now, let's welcome today's guest, Chris Putnam Walkerly. How are you, Chris? I'm great. How are you doing, Dan? Good. Thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. You know, we've had a lot of people on our our podcast, but you're the only one who's won awards. Uh, so we're going to be focusing <laughs> on that topic today. But why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and about your area of expertise? Sure. Thank you. I am a global philanthropy advisor. I help high net worth donors, leaders of foundations and corporate giving programs to uh, really have a transformational impact on whatever issue or cause they care about. I help them give as effectively as they can. Fantastic. And you wrote a book called Confident Giving a few years ago. Tell us about the origin of that book and why you decided to write a book in the first place. Yeah, so I decided to write a book. Um, really, it was after meeting a lot of other consultants who had written books. And it became obvious to me that it was something that was actually possible for me to do. And I began to learn more about how to go about doing that. Um, I was beginning to really promote my own thought leadership. I had a lot of newsletters and articles and blogs. And what I decided to do initially was to create a self-published book, which is what my first book is. And it's called Confident Giving. And um, essentially what it is is a compilation of the best of my newsletters from the first year that I had written my newsletters. And so I organized it into various categories and then picked what I thought were the best newsletters that, that had the most readers or that were most interesting and provocative and organized it all into a book and then had it designed and self-published it. Fantastic. And that book has gone on to win awards. Tell us yeah. about that whole award process. Where do you find a, a, about awards in the first place? Exactly. So, um, you know, I really was using the book as essentially a marketing tool. Um, and that is the beauty of self-publishing is it's something that you can do relatively um, at a low cost. And it's a low cost price point to purchase it for yourself, to give it away to others, clients, potential clients and whatnot. And I was trying to find ways to increase the visibility. Of course, I had done a press release and I believe you helped me with the press release, which mm -hmm. was great. Um, but I was looking for more opportunities and um, thought about book awards. And so my team and I essentially just researched. I mean, it really began with a Google searches to identify possible book awards. And then we began to realize that there's book awards for self-published books specifically. So we were looking at that, uh, looking at book awards that would be relevant to my category, you know, in philanthropy. So thinking about business books and nonprofit books, social justice related, things of that nature. And really came up with quite a large list of, I don't know, 20 or so uh, different award um, awards that we could apply for. And then looked through them and figured out which were the best ones, the most relevant that we thought would be appropriate. And then it's really a matter of, you know, submitting an application. I mean, it really was pretty straightforward. Uh, you just had to put in a little bit of legwork to do the research and do the work of submitting the applications. You know, that usually involves submitting the books, paying an application fee, and voila, I received um, uh, two, four awards, really, two, 
two awards. One, I was a finalist and then one named best corporate social responsibility book. So um, it was a really effective tool um, for visibility because every time I won an award, I would then issue a press release. I'd put out a lot of social media. Um, we'd add the like book award sticker to the cover of the book. Um, so it added a lot of, um, you know, I think credibility to the book beyond the content. Those are great, great, great ideas and great advice. Did you send the book out in a targeted way to people who you wanted to have as clients? Yeah. Um, you know, what was one of the most effective things that I did, I was also seeking to, um, get booked on more speaking engagements. So to speak at conferences, philanthropy associations, and a really effective campaign I did was to um, put together a mailing um, of what I would call a press kit. So it was my you know folder, nicely designed with some information inside about the consulting and advising services I provide for philanthropists, my bio, um, testimonials, things like that. And then uh, I included two books and I signed both of them. Um, and I had a handwritten note that went on top of it that was graphically designed, a note card uh, with my logo and whatnot and contact information and a handwritten note that said something to the effect of, and I sent it to heads of associations, some of whom I knew, some of whom I didn't, and said, I'd love to talk with you um, uh, and learn more about your plans for the coming year tell you about the work I do. I have a forthcoming book. I'd love to follow up and schedule a call and see if I can be helpful to you in your, to meet your goals next year. And if there are possible speaking opportunities and I would send those out, you know, maybe like five a day or something. And then I'd follow up pretty diligently a week later with uh, emails and phone calls and basically trying to get um, uh, phone calls scheduled with these individuals. And from there, identified if it would be a good organization for me to speak to, told them more about myself. And out of that campaign, I think I booked the following year, like 20 different speaking engagements. Uh, some of them were in person, you know, keynotes or workshops. Uh, many of them were webinars, um, but it was very successful. And again, a, the a value of a self-published book, mine was published through Amazon, um, is that it's really inexpensive to to buy for yourself as the author. Um, that book retails for around $14 or $15, but I can buy it myself for $2 and 75 cents. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for five bucks plus the mailing, um, it's a great way to get, you know, raise your thought leadership, raise your credibility, introduce yourself to people that you don't know, remind people about you if you do know them, but haven't talked to them in a while. Um, and it really adds a lot of value. Plus, of course, you're helping them by sharing your book and the content content with them. Perfect. Can you give us any tips on how to work more effectively with Amazon? You know, I've, I've self-published with Amazon as well. I've had books published by Wiley and there are pros and cons to each. Uh, I found Amazon extremely easy to work with. It's almost like just filling out a form and not much more than that. Uh, Do you have any tips or advice on how to get the, make the most out of Amazon? You know, I really don't. I mean, it, I agree with you. It was pretty easy. Uh, when I did it, it was referred to as Create Space, and now they've changed the name a little bit. But the, the work um, the, the work really on the front end of a self-published book was, of course, putting the content together, getting it copy edited, and then designed and formatted. And that took longer than I expected it to. 
And then because essentially what you're doing, I believe, is uploading a PDF into Amazon. And so beyond that, to be honest, I don't really know. I, the advice I would give an author is to you know, spend a little bit of time exploring. Uh, you know, Amazon tends to change its rules frequently. And yeah. So, you know, what was true two years ago might not be true today. Um, and uh, so I would just actually I'd advise an author to, to, to work with somebody who has experience um, with Amazon and just get a little bit of help and make sure you're doing it correctly and, um, you know, getting it all set up appropriately. Perfect. Um, you're in, you're in some interesting categories. Did you find it difficult or was it easy to work with Amazon within their own categories? Did they have one for philanthropy or corporate social responsibility? Uh, that's a great question. I should know the answer to it, but yeah, they do drill down. Um, I don't know if it goes through business or if it goes through, um, political science or some kind of categories. I think it does. It drills down to like charitable giving. Mm -hmm. I honestly don't remember, um, which category I'm in. Okay. Uh, that's fine. Yeah. Now let's get back to the idea that you used your blog posts, your best blog posts, the ones that had the most views. Um, did you have to re-edit them or add to them in any way, or did you just was it just an easy process of putting things in? It was an easy process, but I actually I had um, I'm a big believer in getting help in doing these kinds of things. So, um, like you help with the press releases. Um, I had somebody who who knew me well and is a good writer and knew my content well. And I asked her to take a look at, um, I think I picked out what I thought were the most interesting, let's say 50 or 60 newsletters. And I had her take a look at them as well. And I asked her to sort them, to group them by category because I was almost too, you know, in the weeds that was too close to the content and it was helpful to have an outside perspective. So she grouped them into, you know, categories like strategy or grant making or communications and then organize them. And that was helpful. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. That's good. Um, so you decide to write another book. Why? Oh yeah. So, uh, my new book is called delusional altruism. Why philanthropists fail to achieve change and what they can do to transform giving. And this is a commercially published book. Wiley uh, just published this. And uh, I'm very excited about it. And I guess there's a few whys uh, why I decided to do this. One is I do believe that having a commercially published book adds a lot of credibility to someone who wants to be seen as an expert, a thought leader um, in, in their field. And I think that's still true. So I wanted a commercially published book. And really, um, I've been advising and consulting with funders for over 20 years. And I've really come to recognize that most are genuine, genuine in their altruism, right? They really want to make a difference. Mm -hmm. They really want to change the world, but they're getting in their own way. They're really tripping over themselves and they don't even realize it. And so I really wanted a book that would help them to recognize how they're preventing themselves from having the impact they seek and, um, and what they can do differently. So, um, that was the impetus for writing this particular book, and I really wanted it to be commercially published. Very interesting. How did you create the content for this book? Was it from your blog post, or was it strictly new material? Both. Mm -hmm. 
That's a great question. So I, um, I participated in a program that one of my um, mentors puts on, Alan Weiss, who I know you know, uh, has a program he periodically runs called Book Sprint. And it basically is a six-week, I believe, or eight-week um, group coaching project to, uh, to help you put together a book proposal. And so that included coming up with the concept, the title, the chapters, you know, sub points for each chapter, et cetera, et cetera. And that really forced me to, you know, take the time to really plot out my ideas and identify what I thought would, you know, be relevant content for a book. So I did that. That was very helpful. And then was able to finally get, um, I submitted it to Wiley, uh, quite a few different publishers, and then Wiley finally picked it up, which was fabulous, and they've been great. But interestingly, um, by the time I had a book contract, it was probably two years from the time that I was working on a proposal to the time that I had the contract. Wow. And, and by, then, um, by then, when I looked back at my table of contents, I found it a little boring. Um, my ideas had evolved. It was still the same basic concept, but my thinking had really evolved. And so I actually went about uh, a process of refreshing the content, um, uh, which was a little challenging because I had, you know, six months to write it. But part of that six months was taken up by refreshing the whole concept of the book. Uh, but in any case, um, I did that. And then, yeah, I drew on some con- some existing content. But I really wanted... Um, I was also building upon new ideas that I had come up with and I decided that I wanted to, um, I mean, really the, the, the content is really based on my experience and observations in the field for 20 years, but I was wanting to draw on other examples and I'm increasingly working globally. And so I wanted to draw on a lot of international examples and philanthropy. So I also um, interviewed about, I don't know, like 20 or 30 people, just to kind of hear their stories, hear their thoughts about delusional altruism, what they thought uh, were some of the challenges and people getting in their way and getting some of their examples of what they were doing differently and having more of a transformational impact. And so that was really exciting for me. It it helped me. um, I I learned a lot, you know, Mm -hmm. about what was happening in the field and what was happening globally. And I was able to incorporate those examples in the book. Excellent. I'm curious, when you have that kind of research, do you put them in as one case study or do you spread their information out throughout the book? Both are fine. I'm just curious uh, if you found one one tactic or the other or if you spread them both out. Yeah, um, it was more spread out as examples mm-hmm. throughout the book. Um, and I certainly didn't use them all. Um, I mean, it's, toward the end, I was overwhelmed. I was like swimming in examples. <laughs> I had mm-hmm. to, you know, pick and choose and finish writing. Um, but it was, I really wanted to be able to tell the story from different vantage points. You know, my audience is ranges from individual ultra high net worth people, uh, to professionals running foundations or corporate giving programs where essentially they're giving away other people's money, Mm. uh, small foundations, large foundations, uh, community foundations, family foundations. Those are all really different kinds of organizations, you know, at the end of the day, they're all using uh, philanthropic dollars to try to make a difference. But 
they're coming from different perspectives. And then if, if you're doing it in Kenya versus the UK versus New York, you know, those are also very different perspectives. And so I wanted people to see themselves reflected in the book. And I also wanted them to see philanthropy from different vantage points. So I wanted a kind of a smattering of, of examples. Very interesting. How is your publisher helping you with the marketing of your new book? Well, um, to, uh, to be to be determined, but a lot of their a lot of Wiley, at least um, their focus is in Amazon. So their belief is that's where most books are sold. And so that's where they put a lot of their marketing dollars. Um, they helped me on the front end to um, come up with a marketing plan, uh, as you know, uh, but your reader, but your listeners might not know. Uh, publishing has really evolved a lot and changed in the past decade, a couple of decades. And there's a lot of expectation of authors to market and sell books. In fact, you know, there's an expectation that the author has to help sell 10,000 copies of the book, which is kind of hard to conceptualize. Um, And so, you know, they help me think through the marketing plan. Um, So there's lots of different um, things that I'm going to be doing to market the book or have been doing, will continue to do to market the book. Podcasting is Mm -hmm. one of them. So I'm delighted to be on this particular podcast. Um, really trying to get pre-orders um, before the book uh, publishes to get people to pre-order the book is really important and offering incentive, you know, bonuses for people who purchase um, one copy or multiple copies in advance of the publication date. Um, so those are all different tactics and strategies that they've suggested. And, you know, a year from now, it probably will be different. For sure. Well, I'll be happy to send you a couple of introductions to other podcasters I know who probably have an audience that would be good for you. Oh, that'd be fabulous. Thank you. Fantastic. Cool. So as we wrap up, what other advice do you have for coaches and consultants who want to write their book? Um, I would say a couple things. One is you know, definitely consider it. Don't think it's something that you cannot do because you've never done it before. I mean, I had never done it and now I have two books. Um, Secondly, don't, you can write a book even if you're not a good writer. You know, there's lots of ways to write a book. Um, You know, it can be ghost authored by someone like you, Dan, or other people um, where it's your ideas and, you know, they can interview you. There's lots of, um, techniques that I'm sure you do and and could share and can share um, to basically extract content Mm -hmm. and ideas out of the author. Um, But somebody else is doing the writing and, you know, you certainly can edit that. I mean, I I even um, in this most recent book, um, as I was getting down to the wire in writing, I was running out of time and I brought in a ghostwriter to help me with a couple chapters Mm -hmm. and he was able to crank them out really quickly. Um, And then I could then, revise them. And it was a lot easier for me to make those revisions than it was for me to write them from scratch. And so um, there's no, there's no shame in having a ghostwriter. I mean, that's great. It's a great strategy because again, it's still your idea. It's all your content. Um, But, you know, get the help that you need. I hired a writing coach to help me. um, And I think I'm a really good writer and I, but I learned a lot and it was really helpful. Um, Talk to other authors, you know, other consultants, if you're a consultant or a coach, who have written books and find out what worked well for them. There's lots of free information online and, you know, individuals like you, Dan, who offer a tremendous amount of resources and services for people 
who want to write books, you know, don't hesitate to get a little bit of help for yourself so that you can avoid mistakes and pitfalls and, um, you know, best utilize your talents. And I guess the other thing I would say is when it comes down to it, you know, it, it's a, it's a bit of work, <laughs> whether even if you're have, being interviewed and someone else is writing it for you, you know, coming up with the ideas and doing the writing and all the follow-up and the marketing. Um, so just make sure that you block out time in your calendar and don't let it um, consume you because, you know, you still, as a consultant, you need to be doing business development and working with your clients and you can't let all that fall to the wayside while you're writing a book. Excellent advice. Thank you so much. Uh, Chris, as we wrap up, why don't you tell us how people can get in touch with you? Yes. So uh, you can Google me at Chris, uh, Chris Putnam Walkerly. Uh, my website is putnam-consulting.com. And if anyone is interested um, in looking at my first book, the, the uh, self-published book, Confident Giving, you're welcome to download a free PDF of it. Uh, if you'd like, if you go to putnam-consulting.com backslash confident giving, uh, you can just you know enter your email and download a free PDF, and that will just give you an example of what a self-published book can look like, and especially one that's written based upon existing content. Fantastic. Thank you, Chris, for joining us, and thanks, everyone, for listening today. Thanks for listening to Top Business Leaders, the only podcast that shows you exactly how people just like you have built their businesses by writing a book. If you'd like to write your book but don't know where to start, you can find great information at writeyourbookinaflash.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week with another insightful interview to help you become a top business leader.